When uh, you look at the Old Testament and you look at the life of Elijah and Elisha, um, it's a, a lovely thought that uh, I suppose just as Elijah handed the work over to Elisha, I feel it a privilege to be able to hand over the work to Leah because I know in Leah's hands it's safe. And, uh, and that also, it will, it will move on. You know, sometimes I, I have, over the last couple of months, I've sort of looked back in old stuff that I've got on my computer with a, a view of removing some of it and whatever. And I have just been so surprised <laughs> at some of the things that we have done. I mean, it's been absolutely incredible. And the other thing is, as well, is that when you are doing something that you really enjoy... It's not a hardship. And I always believed that God always gives us things to do that we will enjoy. God is not, ah, oh, right, you can do that then because you're being naughty. All right? I believe God gives us things to do because he wants us to be fulfilled. He wants us to experience joy. He wants us to experience elation. All these things, I believe, God wants to do for us. God is not a person in heaven with, with a white beard, with a big stick. You will do this, you. He's not like that at all. God loves us. God cares for us. And he wants us to enjoy, okay, all the things that we uh, can have in our life. And it's been a privilege for me to be able to do what I have done. It's been a, an adventure it's been fun, yes, yeah, been hardship sometimes, but overall it's been fun and really, really enjoyable. It's fantastic also that in, in the time that I've been doing Lighthouse, that uh, my, my kids were in school that time, yeah? Uh, and so all my children have had the, the, the privilege of, <laughs> of me being in school, you know, them sort of, oh, not dad again, you know. <laughs> But also my grandchildren, all my grandchildren, I have had the privilege of seeing them in school. And I have always sought not to embarrass them, and, uh, uh, which I've tried not to. And, um, and it's lovely this morning, I'm going to embarrass them now though. I, it's, it's lovely that my granddaughter, Lou, uh, Eleanor, is with me, uh, with us this morning. That is really lovely. So thank you so much, Eleanor. I really do appreciate it. And um, I, we started discipleship last week, right, in, in the um, themes that we're going through as a church. And, um, and when we look at the life of Jesus, we see these things, humility. We see submission. I'm not going to go into all of this, but we see meekness. That's strength, quiet strength. We see obedience and we see devotion and we see alertness. We know what's going on around us, knowing what God is saying to us. And if we as a church are going to move on and are moving on in Christ, we have to start seriously looking at this whole aspect of discipleship and of where we are. For me, it's never been a hardship. It hasn't. And uh, I believe that all of us should feel 
it a privilege and an honor to be used by the Lord Jesus in our life and that we would follow him. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. The old song there, okay. And we follow him in submission. We follow him in humility, just as he showed us meekness and obedience and devotion and alertness. So we, as individuals, show that same, those same strengths and qualities in our life. The challenge to servanthood or discipleship is similar to what the disciples faced when they followed or first followed Jesus. They didn't all have it together. Do you remember when uh, there was a lack of servanthood? I think Dave mentioned this last week, I'm not quite sure. The feeding of the 5,000. Too many of them, Lord, just send them home. Never give a thought about their needs. Never give a thought about love and compassion and care and generosity. Not a thought. They had to learn how to be people who would respond in the right way to the people around them. And the questions, you know, I've always, sometimes, I used to uh, say a lot of things. I think you should do this. I, I was a bit like that, you know. When I was playing football, right, I was always commanding and barking out the orders, right? And when I was talking to some of the guys later on in, in life, uh, they had, a, they had a, a name for every player all right, who played, right? And uh, so when it came to this, I said, well, what's my name then? What do you call me? And they said, mm, you know. I said, come on, I want to know. So they said, we call you the general. <laughs> Because you're always barking out the orders, you know. And I know I can be a bit like that. But I have learned over the years that sometimes it's just as good to say, to ask a question. Because it develops thinking. It develops the process. Rather than telling somebody, it develops people's thoughts and minds and gets them to think. And, uh, and, 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 and the same with, with Jesus. Jesus showed his disciples these ways. He showed them. So that when in three years' time he left them and the Holy Spirit came, they were ready. They had something inside them which caused them to be like Jesus, to follow like Jesus. So there was a lack of servanthood to others uh, for, the, uh, for the, uh, the disciples. There was a lack of servanthood to Christ when it came to the Gethsemane, when he said, wait with me, pray with me. I fell asleep. You know, and these are just like pictures, can be pictures of us, and they can be pictures of the church today. We can't be bothered with the people outside and their, their needs, all right? Well, let someone else do it. If we have the compassion of Christ in us, we need to respond, or we want to respond, to support and help people who are in need. And this world is a world that is dying on its feet. And the more you see us talking to Eric this week about certain things, and these influences that are coming in, left and right, we are being bombarded, okay, with anti-Christian things all around us. And the whole aspect of God is being diluted out of the door. And we are thinking about not the Creator, but we are thinking about the creation. 
And you know, when we think about this, we need to be people who can respond to the needs of people. Your next door neighbour. We know people may seem hard and they may seem difficult and they may be you know, not very nice to you sometimes. Deep down inside of each one, there's a hunger and a thirst to know truth. And it's you and me who reach out in some kind of act of kindness to people around us. When it comes to Jesus, you know, is it we're asleep, just like the disciples were? They weren't awake to what God or what Christ was doing, what God is saying to us in, this, in these days in which we live. There was a lack of servanthood to each other. All they could be bothered about was discussing who was going to be the greatest among them. I'm the greatest. I'm the number one. No, 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 I'm the number one. And we start thinking in terms of what we do. Our identity is often in what we do. It's not in who we are. And these things are so, so important. And discipleship covers all of these things. These are the areas of life where we need to be, in, in, uh, to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus. It's clear that servanthood did not come naturally to disciples. And may I say that maybe in the church of Jesus Christ today, many, many Christians find it hard to walk as a disciple. And uh, it's very in- interesting, isn't it, that our reaction to things that come against us. You know, when we're under the pressure, in the pressure cooker, our reactions say a lot about us, whether we're angry, whether we can't be bothered, whatever. You know, these things show us uh, who we are and what we are. And it didn't always come, as I say, naturally to the disciples. Yet we see... By the time the book of Acts comes, that things had changed dramatically. You know, the early chapters of Acts see a transformed church. The disciples were different people, all right? And it's because of the influence that Jesus had upon them by his demonstration and by his instruction. And also, of course, by the impartation of the Holy Spirit in their life. This completely changed them. And this was a dramatic uh, transformation. So today, there's a real need to see a focus on the demonstration of Jesus in servanthood, in the way in which we walk. To focus also on the instruction of what kingdom life is all about. How to live this life. What are we living for? Is it living for our house, our car, our job? Or is there something more and more important (laughs) Than that, but also to focus on the impartation of the Holy Spirit. We need the life of the Holy Spirit in our services. We need the life of the Holy Spirit in our life. When we get up on a Monday morning and when we go to work and we face our weekly work there, we need the power, the impartation of the Holy Spirit in our family life, in everything. We need to know what it is to be full of the Holy Spirit. And just like the first disciples found it hard, it should come as no surprise that the church today still finds the process a little challenging, uh, to say the least. When I was young, when I was about 15, 16, when I first knew Eric, in the church that was there then, I saw people all around me who were devoted to Jesus. They had their faults, 
and they had their quirks, right? <laughs> but I saw people who were devoted to Jesus. I saw their zeal, and I saw their love, and I saw their desire uh, to see others come to Jesus. The servanthood I saw all around me inspired me to follow Jesus in the same way, to be like them. When Mr. Beasley got up, just a name to you, but Mr. Beasley got up to do on a Sunday evening or on a, on a, in a Sunday school or whatever, I was there because Mr. Beasley was funny. Mr. Beasley made stories in the Bible exciting. When I went to a camp, Christian camp somewhere, and I saw Colin Benton get up and start telling a story, and I thought, that was a fantastic story. And then when I learned it was in the Bible, I could not believe it. He made everything come alive. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to have a passion. I wanted my Christian life to be excited. I did not want it to be boring. So I stuck around. I got as close as I could, as you could in those days. I got as close as I could to these people. If I could sit in a coffee lounge after the camp meeting and sit with Colin Benton, I would sit with Colin Benton because I learned, okay, I learned the art of storytelling from Colin Benton. These people had a great influence upon my life and in some way have made me who I am today. And because I put myself in that place to serve, I put myself in that place to learn, to have the corners knocked off, to be with this man here and with Dave's dad as well. Okay, These people, not the corners off, that needed knocking off in my life. Okay, I submitted myself to them because I knew that they loved me and cared for me. And I knew that they wanted to help me. And their life was always about how they could support me and help me in various many, many ways. So what is a disciple? Paul and Timothy were servants of Jesus Christ. And as Dave said the last week, the Greek word is doulos, which means slave. So, disciples of Jesus are slaves. Now, we live in a world that finds all this very, very difficult. In Philippians 1, 1 and 2, it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word servant or slave is to serve is found about 500 times in the Bible, so it's it's fairly important. And the New Testament Greek gives five different meanings to the term servant or one who gives service. But to sum them up and to make it simple without making the, the Greek words, okay, a servant had no rights as a citizen, a servant could not own property, a servant did not belong to himself. A servant, according to Roman law, could be beaten and tortured to death without reprisal. A servant was nothing less than a dead person, according to the law. That's a bit severe, isn't it? Yet there are people around the world who are serving Christ, who are people who know that every day of their life. 
There are people who are being tortured every day in parts of the world. If you were here during the summertime, you would have heard about some of the countries that people are very, very concerned with about how they are treating uh, Christians. This becomes difficult in our life. And of course, the world says that the Christian religion is a bad religion because it talks about slavery. We are free. We're not slaves. But when it comes to us following Jesus, if we are a true disciple, we are a slave. And we have no thought for ourselves. We don't live for ourselves. We live for the one who lives in eternity. The one who died for us. The one who cared for me. And I have to say that this has driven me in my life. I love children and young people. I just, on holiday, was sitting by the swimming pool in Tenerife. And just this little, these little kids in a little sort of sitting thing there in the swimming pool enjoying the water and laughing and me sort of trying to talk to them and stuff. Just a reaction. I just love that reaction. I just love children and young people. And it's no hardship to me to serve Jesus in this way. And I want to encourage you this morning. Don't look at discipleship and servanthood as something that's mundane and something that you've got to do. I want you to experience and know the joy, the excitement that I have had, okay? And that I know that Leah is taking on board, okay? And I'm so happy to hand over to Leah. But I know all of us, wherever we are, if it's in our workplace, we serve like a disciple. And, uh, and, I, and I think that in, in the workplace... You know, I remember talking to my son once, and he was sort of, sort of bad-mouthing a bit, uh, his employer, which happened to be Diane's brother. <laughs> uh, and, um, and so, on and on and on, you know. And so I said to him, I said, who, um, who employs you, uh, Keith? Ah. I said, who finds the work for you, um, I said, who pays you? Uh, Keith. I said, who provides the coffee and everything? Keith. Who pays for your holidays? Uh, Keith. You know, we can go to work and we can be in these places and we moan and we bad mouth and we do this. That is not serving like a disciple. Okay? And we need to be people who are serving the master Jesus. We are there because of him. And wherever the hardships and difficulties, and maybe sometimes the unfairness of things, okay, we are there to serve. And people see our responses to these things in the workplace. And, in, and also in our homes, people see the responses. People see it when I get it wrong. Diane sees it when I get it wrong, right? Now, it's important that we, we are servants and, and, and God wants to use us wherever we are. Some, um, David Watson, in his book, Discipleship, said these words. He said, Christians in the West have largely neglected what it means to be a disciple of Christ. The vast majority of Western Christians are church members, pew fillers, hymn singers, sermon tasters, Bible readers, even born-again believers, or spiritual charismatics, but not true disciples of Jesus. If we were willing to learn the meaning of true discipleship, 
and actually become disciples, the church in the West would be transformed and the result and impact on society would be staggering. Discipleship is an important issue if people in the church are to grow and to mature. We need to become disciples. There needs to be an infancy to maturity where we have the, the bits knocked off of us that need knocking off, the bits that need smoothing. We need to remember maturity is not measured by years. Just because I am retiring from um, Lighthouse and being mature doesn't mean to say I'm any better than anyone else. Maturity has nothing to do with it. Hopefully, I've learned a few things. But, you know, maturity is something where we put ourselves in a place where Jesus can help us today. And so I'm going to finish there because time is gone. But I just want to encourage you that the, the fun, the excitement that I have had in schools is all because I saw people who were disciples of Jesus. And I wanted to be like them. And I just, I'm just so thankful, uh, and it's so thankful for the time that I have had. And, you know, I am not retiring. No one ever, re well, you should never, ever retire, okay? We never retire. We just change. I'm just changing jobs, okay? And I'm just looking to see what God wants me to do in these next numbers of years. And so I'm just taking some time out. And uh, I'm just thankful that God wants to use me whatever age I am. But he can only do that if I continue to walk as a disciple. And so my encouragement to you is be a disciple. See how you can serve. See what you can do for the king, for the master, that he may be glorified. He may be exalted because he is worthy of our praise and of our thanks.